Good morning. Good morning. Um, this Sunday, uh, by the way, if you're looking for seats, you're at the Batters, um, plenty of seats here to my left. Um, here, plenty of seats here, so you can go over there as well. Thank you. Hi, if you're new, my name is Oben and I'm one of the leaders here. And this Sunday happens to be, if you're joining us for the first time, this Sunday happens to be our last Sunday gathering here at the Soledad Club. How are you going to react? <laughs> Clap. <laughs> exactly. Mixed responses and that is definitely what I and the team have been experiencing. Let's do this. Um, let's read some scripture. Um, I'm going to chat a little bit. We're going to have a few of our members share about experiences here and then we will pray, take communion, all of that. And so if you have a copy of your Bible, whether it's a hard copy like mine or you are digital and have it on your phone, um, turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. As is has been and will continue to be, um, it's our custom for us to stand for the reading of God's word. So if you could do that, that would be lovely. Thank you. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through to 21 reads, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That was actually a prayer penned by the Apostle Paul himself. Let me pray as well, and then we'll get into our text. God, thank you so much for this time. As we, this morning, have our final service here in this space, I pray that we would continue, I pray as we look back, and reflect on the last five years here, we would be reminded of your faithfulness. And as we look forward to the next chapter of the life of our church, God, we would believe that you are able to continue to do far more than we could ask or imagine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Picture this, it's July 2017, it's summertime in San Diego. The sun is gleaming over the city as a 20-foot U-Haul truck packed to the brim with our belongings pulls up outside an apartment complex in Claremont. With the help of several members from Lighthouse Bible Church, Eleanor and I, and mostly them, began to unload and settle into our new apartment. At this point, Eleanor and I were convinced that God had called us to establish a church in San Diego. But the exact location, the exact community or neighborhood remained uncertain. 
through tours of the city and lots of prayer, God made it clear that the neighborhood of Pacific Beach and the surrounding neighborhoods was where we needed to establish a church. This realization stemmed from the need for a solid Bible preaching and gospel-centered churches in this area. The other reason we became certain Pacific Beach was where we needed to be was because of a partnership with First Baptist Church of Pacific Beach we had entered into who had kindly agreed to allow us to use their fellowship hall, which was really the basement of their facilities for our Sunday services. In the following months, what happened was we embarked on numerous activities to bring our vision to life. We held vision meetings. We evangelized in the neighborhood. We even did some renovations of the space we had been given by First Baptist and also we participated in some training. In those early days, we also met several members like the bosses, Arthur and Claudia, the Fritchnitz, Fratachis, and several others who are still part of our church today. And on March 4th, 2018, down in the basement of the building of First Baptist Church of Pacific Beach, King's Cross Church officially launched. It was a glorious celebration marked by an outpouring of support and higher than expected attendance. At that time, there was like 15 of us. <laughs> All right? And on our launch Sunday, we had a ton of people show up. I went back and I searched in our Gmail um, a newsletter I sent out to our supporters about our official launch Sunday. And this is what I said to them. I said, last Sunday was the official launch of King's Cross Church and it could not have been any more encouraging. The attendance was much more than we expected. We were so blessed by the many friends who traveled from LA and Arizona to support and celebrate with us. And that's why we had higher than expected attendance. The, the week after, different. <laughs> Their presence communicated love and care. It reminded us that we're not alone. And I went on to say, but our most valued highlight has to be the fact that 10 of our neighbors who are not believers attended. Two of them had never stepped foot in a Christian church before. We pray this is the first step they have all taken to finally surrender to Jesus. Thank you for taking the time to read our update. Do continue to pray with us. We realize our launch was was just the beginning and this coming Sunday will be completely different. Um, daily we are made aware of our need for God. Often we are in awe of his unwavering devotion to his promises. We have witnessed and can testify of his grace to repeatedly give us what we don't deserve. That was what I wrote as an update after our official Sunday. Our launch Sunday was so encouraging in so many ways. But all seemed to be going well. And then the joy of the launch was short-lived. After just seven weeks of hosting Sunday services down in the basement of First Baptist Church, our partnership with them, because of just some confusion, our partnership with them unraveled and we were forced to part ways with First Baptist Church of Pacific Beach. And for King's Cross, what this meant was that we'll be saying goodbye to the basement. It was a challenging time for us as a young church, but we kept our faith. 
we prayed and trusted God to provide an alternative. Within a week, we found the Soledad Club. And let me be honest with you, the Soledad Club wasn't exciting. <laughs> we were still struggling and challenged by what had happened. And so I remember uh, me and the director, Renee, of the Soledad Club here um, during the week. And she said it was available. I walked in and I went, oh, it's all right. <laughs> However, over time, as we have gathered here for Sunday services, as we've gathered here for parenting and marriage seminars, Bible studies and more, we have come to appreciate the charm of the Soledad Club. It's welcoming ambience, ample parking space and proximity to a park like Kate Sessions has made it all the more appealing. Our last five years at the Soledad Club has been marked by numerous blessings and opportunities to serve the community. Beyond a meeting space, we have been able to play a part in maintaining and enhancing this amazing venue by giving it some upgrades and improvements. We installed new blinds. Thank you, Stephen and Luke, for your hard work. Um, we painted some walls, um, we fixed some curtains, thank you Harmony, these curtains, they were a mess, but she took them and made them look awesome. <laughs> we did a ton of cleaning, we also provided a janitorial service. <laughs> yes we did, a lot of you don't know this, but for a while I was the janitor, <laughs> the custodian for the Soledad Club. It helped us with cheaper rent, so we just did it. And we've been able to um, really serve the bridge clubs of La Jolla and Pacific Beach. They meet here throughout the week and on weekends, and every weekend throughout the week we set up and we tear down for them. After our services, we clear the room, we tell everyone to go away, get out of here so that we can set up for the, Soledad, um, for the bridge clubs. And I know those who have been involved haven't enjoyed it as much, and you're looking forward to us moving on, um, but it's been a joy to serve them. And when we notified the Soledad Club we were leaving and the bridge club started to find out, they all just would text me and call me and tell me how much they're gonna miss us they're going to have to set up themselves. <laughs> but we've made a significant impact on them. When we signed the lease five years ago to start meeting here, um, we were told by the management that before us, a church had been meeting here, and the church had done an amazing job serving the Soledad Club. And I was thankful to hear when we did um, share, send our notice, they said the same thing. You guys have done an amazing job serving us. Thank you. We're going to miss you. We really are. Solidarity Club has also, um, also during the pandemic, uh, we were able to meet outdoors. Um, and able to start meeting earlier than most churches because of this amazing outdoor space. Um, however, as our congregation grew, especially with the recent baby boom, there's been, uh, you know, Eleanor and I last night, and I confirmed this with Emily Forber today, there's been, within six to eight months, 15 newborns within our church. Um, someone, Sierra, told me today of a saying, and she said, if your church is not crying, it's dying. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> she was like, you know, when babies are being born, it's a good thing. It means there's a church that is alive. So praise God for that. And so we've loved the Solidarity Club, but because of the growth and the baby boom, 
we realized we needed a larger space and so what we did was we started looking beginning of this year and Dan, Jeremy and I and the leadership we spoke and we started looking at schools and venues and it got really hard to find something because schools are just challenging to meet in and no venue of the size that we needed was available in this location and so we were just really beginning to give up on the search for a venue in this neighborhood. We really was. We were thinking, you know what, God is calling us to, you know, ancient meters or something. Who wants to go there? It's too far up. But I don't know. But you know, we just started thinking maybe Claremont, but we were convinced God wanted us here. And so we kept praying and we kept looking. And just when we were about to shift to two services and consider, um, outside of this neighborhood, I got a call one day from one of the leaders of Solway Church. I was in Hawaii, wearing my Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> eating shaved ice. He texted me and said, we need to chat. I was like, can't you see I'm in Hawaii? <laughs> he said, we really need to talk now. So I was like, okay then. So, I'm on a lovely beach, sitting on the sand. He calls, I answer, I go, aloha. <laughs> and he goes, I and the other leaders, we've been praying and thinking, and um, we are really starting to really sense God is calling us to merge. And this wasn't new to me as far as Solway and us merging because the previous pastor after that, we had to have conversations about the possibility of a merge. But this conversation in Hawaii uh, had um, really was unique in that it made sense that this is what God wanted to do now. And as they say, the rest is history. As we bid farewell to the Soledad Club, we carry with us not just memories, but a deep-seated appreciation for this amazing venue and its role in our journey as a church. This venue, the Soledad Club, is where first we finished our first sermon series in Colossians. Let's not forget about the love stories that started right here in this venue. I know a couple, and I'm not going to say any names, that met for the first time in this venue, and now they are happily married. You know who you are. They're here, but they should be, maybe. This is the venue right here. My wife sat here and I sat there. This is the venue in which we announced to our church that Eleanor and I had to pack up and leave and move back to the UK, not knowing whether we'll be back. In this venue, we have grieved the loss of loved ones. We've prayed for each other. We've sent out missionaries. We've welcomed and dedicated babies. We've commissioned new community groups, faithfully served the city, studied God's word. I love it on a Sunday when we all come and we have Bibles opened, whether it's on our phone and we're taking notes really diving deep into God's word. We've sung songs about who God is and what he's done through this venue before and after our services. We've fellowshiped and mutually encouraged one another. We've had meals here. This venue has also surprised us in many ways as we've met. I remember one Sunday I'm here preaching and I can tell everyone's sleeping, no I'm kidding, everyone's engaged and loving it. And then the janitor at the time, whoever was here, you know, he 
literally, I mean, it's an audience, and I'm just free. He walks through that door, across, all the way to me, and whispers in my ear, can someone help me jumpstart my car? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Happened on multiple occasions where I'm preaching and someone just, that door, we talked about locking that door. <laughs> we've had Sundays where we've showed up and there's no electricity. And the janitor's like, yes, there was a party going on last night and just the music, everything blew the fuse and we don't know if we're going to have electricity for your service, but just before we were ready to start, we had electricity. This place, our beloved Solidar Club, it's like a scrapbook of our shared memories. And now as we get ready to turn the page, I know we'll carry these precious memories into the next chapter. The Solidar Club has been an instrument through which God has enabled us to truly be a church family on mission with Jesus. God has been and continues to be faithful. And as I read earlier, our key verse that we have just kind of um, allowed us to, allow, this verse has really sustained us and been kind of our life verse as a church, is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. And I'm going to read it again. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We have loved this passage because this passage reminds us of God's faithfulness. He is faithful. He is good. And even when we doubt his goodness, he will eventually reveal to us in a big and amazing way just how good he is. And so as we prepare to move back to 4747 Soledad Mountain Road, not to the basement, here are some key things to remember. Here are some key things to remember. First, let's stay motivated and driven in our mission now is not the time for complacency. King's Cross, now is not the time for complacency when it comes to serving. All right, we're not going to be setting up any more chairs. There's a lot we're not going to have to do, but let's not get complacent. Let's pray and figure out other ways we can love and serve each other. Number two, our focus should be on the activities within the new building, not just the building itself. We don't ever want a brick and mortar to become our focus. The church is not a building. The church is a people that are called by God and following hard after Jesus. Let's make it all about Christ and not a building. Number three, it's crucial to avoid falling into a routine in our faith. We should actively practice and live out our Christianity. It's not about cultural Christianity. It's about a Christianity where we have a legitimate relationship with the God of the universe through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Number four, let's stay purpose-driven and mindful of our mission. As a result of being in this building and only having access to it only on Sundays, We've been forced to be visible in the community and as a result, we've been missional. Let's continue that even though we're going to have a building that we have access to 24 hours a day, 7, what is it, 24-7, whatever. 
I knew what I was going to say, but I had a bunch of other things and I get confused, whatever. Number five, let's fight to remain at the feet of Jesus. Ministry, all the ministry we want to be doing in our next chapter should be ministry that flows out of an intimate relationship with Jesus. As a result, King's Cross, I want us to pray more than ever. That's why we are going to be scheduling a bunch of prayer meetings before and during. We're going to be a church that is known for their devotion to prayer. Because we don't have to do a lot as far as setup and all of these things doesn't mean we get complacent and show up whenever. We need to show up early so that we can pray. We have access to a building, to a space, every day of the week. And gosh, my vision, my desire, and our desire is that we would have a ton of prayer meetings, man. Imagine a 24-7 prayer room throughout the week where we schedule times and people come and just pray. Number six. Let's trust in God's power to perform miracles. His capabilities are far beyond our imaginations. God has done it. God will continue to do it. And let's believe that he will do far more than we can ask or think or imagine. And lastly, number seven, while the new building is exciting, our ultimate joy and hope should be rooted in Jesus Christ. Building's not the promised land. Jesus is. Because through his life, death, and resurrection, he has allowed us and given us access to him and a father, not just now, but throughout eternity. With God's amazing grace through Jesus Christ, King's Cross Church is stepping up to continue the gospel work that sprung to life more than 50 years ago at 4747 Soledad Mountain Road. We are continuing the legacy of gospel ministry after 50 years. From next week, our heartfelt prayers, bold preaching of God's word, energetic praises of Jesus Christ will fill and radiate from the building. And so, church family, let me remind you that the building is not our promised land, but Jesus is presently preparing a far superior place that we will live in forever. Instead, we should look at the building as a physical reminder of God's faithfulness to establish and build his church. With God's spirit living in us, God's son leading us, and God's word guiding us, we're going to seize this moment. We're going to move forward, believing deep down that we were made for this. With a building comes a lot of responsibilities, but we're inspired by the words the missionary James Hudson Taylor, who says, there are three stages in every great work of God. First, it is impossible. Then, it is difficult. Then, it is done. And so this Sunday, that's my kind of brief reflection on looking back at where we started, where we've been, and where God has taken us. I don't want you to hear from me, but I want you to hear from a few others, some of our key leaders, who are going to share how God has been using this building in our time here um, to make a significant impact. And to start off with, we have our very own Emily Fuller. serve on our kids ministry team and uh, announcements as well so you might have seen me up here before um, but to jump back in time Obed asked us to share a little bit about kind of 
our journey leading to King's Cross, the, the way we've seen God working in the ministry, and then like where we see um, you know, just God working in the future. So jumping back in time, um, my husband and I rolled into San Diego in December um, of, let's see, 2018. So King's Cross was just about to celebrate their first year. And we were coming from the East Coast, and all we knew about San Diego was um, it was kind of like the West Coast version of Florida, we thought. So we had gotten rid of all of our winter coats and all of our jackets. And I don't know if you all remember that year, but that was the year that it rained like every other day. And all we could think was, um, this, is, this isn't really what we thought we were coming to. Um, but pretty quickly, we knew we wanted to plug into a church in San Diego. We didn't have any family out here. We didn't know anyone out here. And we started looking... Um, if you're familiar with the website, Nine Marks, it's like a directory of churches, and we had started looking through that directory. Someone had uh, referenced it for us, and we found King's Cross. And we looked on the website, we saw a lovely picture of Oed and Elena and the kids, and we listened to a couple sermons the first week we were here online because we were just super exhausted. We weren't quite ready to like jump in yet, um, but pretty quickly we realized, okay, at least the kind of first box is checked, right? We know that this is a church that is preaching the word of God, that is diving into the word of God. And we were able to tell that just from the sermons that we're hearing online. Um, so the next week we came to King's Cross, and that week was the Christmas service. I think it was like a week before Christmas. So it was like the, the Sunday before Christmas. We walked in, and all the tables were set up for a meal after the service, and we sat down with, and a few of you might remember Blake and Hilda, but we sat down with them at a table, and they were really gregarious and welcomed us. And we met um, Elena, and I remember thinking in my head, okay, I have to remember to say Elena. It's Elena. Don't say it wrong. It's Elena. Um, and, yeah, we just felt really welcomed. But we also, at that point, we're just getting to know the church, um, and we're really trying to learn more about the mission of the church. And so we decided to commit and plug in. And um, I think the next Sunday, actually, the Fertachis invited us over for lunch, and we got to know a little bit more about King's Cross, and that it was a church family that truly was on mission with Jesus. And so kind of going down that road, we'd been at King's Cross for a couple weeks, and I actually think it was Elena who asked me, like, would you consider serving on our kids' ministry team? And funny that my mom happens to be here today because we grew up in a church in Rhode Island where my mom um, led our kids' ministry there. And so I grew up being at the church during the week and seeing the kids' ministry um, and pretty quickly felt like that was something God had put on my heart um, to serve in that ministry. So I uh, jumped in serving with our kids. And my very first Sunday, and I did ask Eden if she was okay with me sharing this, my very first, first Sunday, I was down in kids' ministry, and Eden and Coralie were just turning, I think, two, and neither of them liked to leave their parents and be in kids' ministry. And so I remember Serena handed me Coralie, and she was screaming bloody murder and did not want to come into kids' ministry, and then right in the door next comes Eden, and Eden also does not want to be in kids' ministry. Um, and I just remember thinking, okay, okay, we've got this. God wants these kids here, and we've got this. And at the time, I was serving with Mike um, and John Sia. And it's just so cool to see, even in that, right, Eden is now serving our kids' ministry and has offered to be a helper in our nursery. So it's so cool to see, right, how God grows us and shapes us and molds us and how, not that that's alone our kids' ministry and what we're doing, but how we're partnering with families and truly drawing kids closer to Jesus and showing them that not only is it okay to be in kids' ministry on a Sunday and we'll get there and we'll learn to love Jesus in that, but also that Jesus is calling us to serve. So I think it's so cool that Eden is at that point where she sees that and she's ready to serve Jesus. Um, and then, okay, so that's like way back at the beginning of the church. And again, right around that time, we were getting ready to celebrate our first year um, as a church. And so um, what I kind of learned through that season is that King's Cross truly was a church where people loved each other. And then they did that really, really well. But then I also got to see that King's Cross was a church where people loved Jesus and they were here not because it was a giant building with great air conditioning where they could go on a Sunday, but truly that people were at King's Cross because they loved Jesus and they wanted to serve him and they wanted to plug into his mission. And so that kind of brings me to one of the other questions that Obed asked, which is, how has God worked through Soul and I Club, through our church here, um, to inspire or challenge us? And 
what that looks like for me is, at that point, right, I had seen that people really loved Jesus, and our church has weathered a lot of different storms and challenges. And what's really amazing to me is that God continues to show us that no, no matter how much we love each other, we love him, his love for the church drastically surpasses that. And so we can feel so much, not, not only just like love for our church family, um, but just um, purpose in his will, and yet his purpose for us is so much greater, and his love for us is so much deeper. And so I wanted to share with you a couple instances where God made that so clear um, to me during my time at King's Cross and in our kids' ministry. And so um, starting out with, this one isn't specifically related to kids' men, but how crazy that God prepared his church to go into a pandemic by moving us to Zoom before anyone else was even on Zoom. So Elena and Obed were getting ready to leave for their visa, they were leaving, and Obed had this idea, let's all jump on Zoom so that we continue to stay in touch as a church body. At the time, we did not know that we would be about to go into a pandemic and that everyone and their brother would know how to use Zoom. But how cool that God knew that, right? He knew that, he prepared his church, and he made his purpose known and his love known, even through the little things like that. Um, that brings me to, I think, one of the greatest miracles that I've seen God work in our church. And that is just the way that he has grown his children's ministry and has made it evident that he loves the kids in this church. And so back when I was first at King's Cross, I think we had maybe 15 kids in our kids' ministry. And now, today, we have sometimes over 50 on a Sunday. And not only has God grown the kids in that ministry, but I'm sure you've all heard us say for weeks and years and months and days um, that we need more people to serve in our kids' ministry. All the way back when we just had 15 kids, we needed more people to serve, right? And I was just reflecting on this with our kids' ministry leadership team, but uh, for a couple of years now, we've been praying about how to serve our kids better and how to grow the ministry. And so the first thing that we, we prayed and that we needed was... Um, uh, kids ministry for our older kids, right? So our kids were getting older and we wanted to be able to serve them and know them, but we didn't have enough people. And at the time, um, full transparency, I think I definitely had a heart of doubt. It felt like we'd been asking for people to serve and we didn't have enough people and how was God going to change people's minds? And then we were able to have enough people. We had people step up after the service who would come up to us and say, I'm ready to serve. Even um, people who originally didn't want to serve in the kids' ministry and just felt like God was putting that on their heart. And then the next thing we needed was a nursery. We had all of these babies joining our church, and we thought, again, oh my goodness, we do not have the capacity to have a nursery. One, where will we put them? And two, how will we have enough people to serve on that team? And then just slowly but surely, God put it on people's hearts to serve, and our ministry grew. Um, and then we had three of our kids' ministry team leaders going out on maternity leave all at the same time. And we said... <laughs> Okay, God, clearly you've blessed our families and you're growing our families, but how will we continue to serve the church in this way? And God provided Meg to step up and lead the ministry during that time. Um, yeah, and I just think, again, all of these things are things you've probably seen happening in the church and that you are aware of. But I think it's so important for us to, and I love that Obed um, has us reflecting this Sunday, because I think it's so important for us to pause and think about the times that we did think, wow, as a person, I can't rationalize how this is going to happen, but God knows, and he loves us, and he loves his church, and he loves his children, and he has a plan, and it probably isn't something that we've thought of yet. It's probably something that he has ordained, um, and so praise God for that, because, yes, he loves his church, and he loves his people. Um, so then, the last thing I wanted to share with you all, uh, so... Looking ahead, what's so exciting about our new space and what our prayer as a ministry and hopefully your prayer for our new church and our new space can be is that with that space, like Ovid said, we're able to continue to grow God's ministry and we're able to continue to point kids to Jesus. And so what that can look like logistically is our team does have a little bit more freedom to spend time in prayer rather than setting up. Our team has a little more freedom to welcome more kids into a room, right? We literally have more capacity to serve more children, to serve more families. Um, and then it also looks like um, our team having a little bit more rest, right? And it's not as crazy. We don't have all of the setup and the logistics that maybe we had previously. So even again, in those small things, God is providing um, and he is looking out for us and he has a plan for us in this new space. And so you can continue to be praying for that as well. Just praying that 
as we welcome more families from our neighborhood into our new space, um, we can do that well and we can point kids to Jesus. Um, and so I wanted to close with just a verse that was on my heart when I was kind of reflecting on how God has been faithful and how he loves his church um, and what should, we should be looking forward to as we're moving into this new space. And so it's actually um, from the Old Testament. It's Lamentations 3, 21 through 25. And it says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait on him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him and to the one who seeks him. And, yeah, just how beautiful. God knows, right? And he has ordained it. And when we wait on him, his promise is so much greater than what we try to manifest ourselves. So um, I will pass it off to our units, Sierra, who's next. Mike is next. I'll pass it off to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Oops. It won't stay. All right. So before I even say anything, this is the verse that uh, God has given to me is for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to good do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do so what do we do with what do we do as believers we read God's word we get to know God and he tells us that we were created to do good works and so this building this space has been used to equip us to do good works, to do the work of the ministry. And so what I remember about this place when I walked in, honestly, was just the view, because it's just a building, right? And uh, it was a lovely, it's a lovely view. I'll miss this view. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing this a little out of order because I'm telling you what I'm gonna miss about this place first. Um, but the other thing is, is Every time we walk out, we see God's handiwork. And so we're pointed to him. It seems like we're pointed to him that way. But I also remember when, I, when we walked in here, is, is we're going to outgrow this place pretty quickly. Because it was pretty clear, the same thing to echo what Emily said, is that this church is full of people who love one another. And... When people love one another and you center your life around the Word of God, God grows His church. He just does. When you focus on Him. And so that was the, that was the first thing I was thinking of, is that it's a, it's a church full of people who live out the reality that the church is us, not this building. So how it challenged me was trusting that God has the logistics taken care of. And so... I served first in the kids' men, and I'm like, what are we going to do with the space? Like, it just didn't work <laughs> in my mind. I mean, shoot, we've been having our nursery on the patio. That's kind of scary. <laughs> so, but it was really a comfortable place to connect with people because it's been an inviting place. First thing people usually say to me when they come for the very first time is, wow, what a view. Um, and then, um, so that's how it's kind of helped the Connect ministry. And what we do now is, is we basically, what we do is we set up a table in the back and we're available to answer questions, get and, and just say hello and you can sign up for stuff, and we're just connecting with people. We're getting to know people. And this has been a great environment for that. Um, but that leads up, leads me to, we're about to move to a new space. How does that change? It doesn't change. We're supposed to love, love each other. Um, you know, there's the one another passages we're supposed to love each other and so the connect ministry is about us loving each other finding ways to connect with each other and love each other um, 
And so what excites me about our new space is that we're gonna have just a regular space where, as Obed said, 24 seven is available to us to be able to connect. Um, and so that's the thing I want us to bear in mind is that when we go over there, it's still about us connecting with each other. Um, and just a shameless plug, Jamie and I and the, and the team that works in Connect Ministry, we go to lunch every Sunday. If you haven't connected with us and come to lunch with us, please do. I want to get to know you guys personally and uh, want to be able to connect you to other people as well in here. And so um, I look forward to the new chapter, but just remember, it's just a building where we get to equip and learn how to do work for God. Hey fam. Good morning, and some people say good morning back. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Sierra, and I'm the director of local outreach here at King's Cross Church. And if you're new here and don't know what local outreach is, the local outreach team basically just aims to find and facilitate ways for our church family to be on mission with Jesus in our community and in our local cities. Um, so that's kind of what I've been asked to reflect on, is kind of um, reflect on Soledad Club and how the new building um, has impacted uh, what it means for us to be on mission in, in our city. And Obed touched on, touched on some things there, but they gave us a couple questions to possibly answer to help um, show us the way of what they want us to share. Um, but basically, the first question was, do you remember your first service at the Soledad Club? Nope. <laughs> Don't at all. <laughs> um, I was church hopping with a couple of friends. We church hopped here. I don't remember the first service here. Uh, funny enough, I remember the second time we came here because we church hopped here twice um, over the span of like three months. Um, so I remember that, and if you're interested in that story, you can ask me later because it's kind of a funny funny story. We brought a non-believer. It's a little bit dramatic. Anyway, the question was, um, do you remember your first time? Nope, I remember my second time. And we stayed after the second time. Um, so there's that. The, the next question is, um, what will you miss most about the Soledad Club? Um, the view. The view's incredible, guys. Like, you, you come in here, and you hear the preaching of God's word, and you walk out there, and you see the other book that he wrote, his creation, right? That's pretty incredible. And uh, so I'm going to miss that a lot. Um, I'm also going to miss the white walls and the windows. Um, it's just so bright and so happy. Um, so I'm going to miss that just a just a little bit. I'm hoping we put in like a bunch more lights in the sanctuary at 4747. Um, and then additionally, I'm kind of going to miss like all the kids making a ruckus in the back. Uh, right? Like we sit here and there's like a bunch of people standing in the back with their babies who are sometimes crying, sometimes laughing, picking up stuff off the floor. And this is like kind of a unique vibe, right? So now with the new building, like there's a space for all the kids and they don't have to be in service with us and I'm kind of gonna miss the like family feel of like kids crying and us having to put up with kids crying and us having to like go hang out with kids in the back and stuff like that so that's one of the things I'm gonna miss a little bit um, next question was how has God worked through Soledad Club to inspire or challenge you and help your ministry to flourish so I think first personally how has God used like club to maybe um, inspire and challenge us is Club has forced us to be uncomfortable. Um, I think a good example of that is listening to someone preach while kids are crying in the background. It's not comfortable. It's a bit annoying sometimes, but it's like forced us to be okay with like uncomfortable spaces, um, and that's cool, right? Like we we haven't become spoiled. We haven't become um, complacent or just irritable. We just have haven't we've been forced to be uncomfortable so that's kind of like a personal thing that i feel like club this space um god really used to force us to just like be a bit uncomfortable um additionally in terms of like that uncomfortability as obud was sharing um we can't be here anytime we want so god really really as our church was like growing forced us to be in our community we couldn't have our church office here our church office had to be somewhere else we couldn't have meetings here we had to meet at matcha shops Stuff like that. Um, we couldn't have life explored here. Our gospel, like, 
where our evangelism ministry, we went somewhere else. Um, it had to be in the community. And so God just knew, like, I want this church in the community. I'm going to force them to be in the community by not giving them a space where they can stay there. Um, and so that was really cool for God to provide. We didn't have to think about it. We didn't have to be intentional about that. God forced us to be intentional in those ways. Um, and he really grew um, like our desire for the community, our willingness to be in the community, our connections with the community by forcing us to be out in it. Um, and so that's been really, really, really cool. I mean, even think about Easter. We knew we couldn't have it here. There was way too many people were going to show up. We didn't want to turn people away at the door, so we had to go to the park. Now, God provides. He provided a park like right there. That's really cool. But, like, we had to be out of this space. Um, and so that's one of the ways that I think God really just, like, protected our church and helping us be a church family on mission with him in our city by forcing us to not be able to, like, always meet here um, by forcing us to be in the community. Um, and that's been a huge blessing. Um, next question. What excites you about our new home, the library? So pumped about having a library. It's going to be great. I love books. I'm also, I'm sure many ministry leads are excited about this. The storage space. Oh, we have space for things. Incredible. I already have so many things over there just for local outreach. And it's, it's just incredible. Like it's not, you're not pulling out 20 boxes just to get to yours in the back or anything like that. There is space abounding. That's so exciting. Um, I'm excited to have space to prep for large events, like the concert on the green, when we're like painting a bunch of things and trying to get it all prepared, doing that in like an apartment makes the whole apartment smell like fumes. Um, so it's nice to have like a space that we could do something like that. Um, and I think kind of one of the last things I'm really, really excited about is um, the way we can use this space to continually be on mission. So I'm excited that we'll be able to host like NAVs and crew events there, like collegiate ministry Ooh. events. They need space. And we can be like, hey, we got a building, come there. Um, stuff like that, or thinking, even thinking out like, oh, how can we view this building, not as King's Cross got a building, but that the community got a building that's being like cared for by King's Cross. Um, and then how can we then use it to be like, oh, maybe a business needs to meet here. Maybe the town councils need a space to meet or host an event. And trying to intentionally be like, oh yeah, we can use this space, the new space, for the community in a way that we couldn't use a space that we didn't own, didn't, didn't um, have more control over. And so I'm kind of excited for the ways that we can really use the building to be involved in the community. I mean, we already they already have a Korean church meeting there and a homeless ministry that meets there. That's just cool, right? Like, the building is being used to serve the community in different ways. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like, as we've been looking for a building, We've been just praying and hoping someone would share their space with us, right? And now we have a building, and we can like answer people's prayers in that way by like sharing our space with them. Um, and that's kind of a cool way that God is like, hey, the thing you needed, I'm giving you, and now you can go be on mission in that way by sharing the space with like other people. So I'm excited for that. Um, lastly, as we make moves, the question was, what do you feel God wants our church to bear in mind? Um, and I've touched on this a little bit, but I think, and I, I don't, I don't like want to say it in a way that's like incorrect, but I think one of the things we should continue to bear in mind, especially in terms of local outreach, is that we don't become comfortable in this space, in like the new space. We have so much space. There's a space for every single kid that we don't have to hear technically another kid cry if we don't want to. There's like a nursing mother's room. There's nurseries, those sorts of things that we could become like, why are they here in service and crying in service? We literally could lay out on all the pews if we wanted to and take a nap during church. Like there's so much space for us to be comfortable that we run the risk of like being spoiled. Um, and I don't think we're called to be spoiled, right? Like he gave us a gift and we shouldn't use it to be spoiled. And so... Being intentional about not being comfortable um, and not becoming annoyed with things that don't matter. Um, and so I think that would be good to keep in mind. God really forced us to do that already, but now he's entrusting us to continue being uncomfortable and not just like become comfortable with spaces. Um, and I think the last thing is, again, club forced us to be in the community. Now our church office can be at that building. Now discipleship meetings can be at that building unlike ways that club didn't allow for us. And so I guess one thing we've been thinking about and praying about is how to not become isolated at the building. But like, yeah, maybe a discipleship meeting can happen at the building, but maybe it should still happen at a matcha shop rather than at the building. Maybe some of our church meetings should still happen outside in the community. We can lead Life Explored out of a church building, but our community is like out there 
So how can we still be intentional about going into our community and leading evangelism ministries or leading different ministries out there? How can we like not lead Easter out of a church building but still at the park? Different things like that. And so making sure that the building doesn't become a space that we become isolated in, but that we're still really intentional about uh, stewarding the boldness God has forced in us by giving us a building that we like here couldn't couldn't meet here. He's forced us to be bold. How do we continue being bold and being in our community? And so just praying about that. So if as you're like thinking of holding a prayer meeting, maybe hold it at the park, right? Rather than at the building. We can hold it at the building. There's nothing wrong with that. But maybe one of the ways we as a congregation can continue to be intentional is by being out in the community and not just relying on the building, knowing that it's always there, but thinking, what if I tried not to let that be my first option as a place to meet or as a place to do something? Um, we're not going to be hosting Life Explored out of the building if we can help it. And luckily this season we can help it. We already have another venue. Um, but the hope is that we don't become complacent and comfortable um, but that we still stay in our community as a light, as God's been growing our church to be. Um, so that's kind of what we're thinking of there. Bobby, you want to come share about facilities? Good morning. Good morning. Um, so Obed asked us to share a little bit about our ministry. Um, I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> and uh, he sent us questions, and I ignored them. Um, I cannot stress enough how hard it is to rein in my mind sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I'm just going to share a little bit about, as I've been in the building for the past month, um, getting it all sorted, getting it ready for everyone, I have been dwelling on two things quite a lot. Uh, the first thing is the temple and God's change of venue between the old covenant and the new. Um, so in First Kings... Kreen, First Kings 6, 12-13, it says, As for this temple you are building, if you follow my decrees, carry out my regulations, and keep all my commands and obey them, I will fulfill through you the promise I gave David your father, and I will live among the Israelites and will not abandon my people Israel. And then in the New Testament, uh, 1 Corinthians three sixteen, it says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? And I've been thinking a lot about the fact that while modern church buildings do not house the presence of God in the same physical way that the temple did, it does house the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is the presence of God. We have that same promise that he will dwell in our midst. And then the second thing I've been thinking about and considering is monuments. Um... I have a very long passage that I will not read all of, um, but if you're interested, there's a passage in Joshua 4, and the abridged version is, So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from all the Israelites, each one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. The idea being that Israel constantly was building these monuments to remind them to reflect on the history that God has provided them. How he has been there for them and undergirded everything that they've done. He's provided and, and cared for them. And I think for me, Soledad Club is a, monu is a monument now. I think as we pass by it, because you know we all live here theoretically. As we pass by it, it's a monument. It reminds us that God has worked in our history. And Obed was sort of referring to that when he was talking about it being a scrapbook. It's a monument to the ways that God has moved. Um, and I think as we move into this new chapter and we head into this new portion of the story in, in, in the life of King's Cross, I think the new building's a monument too. It's a reminder that just as the most important thing about the temple is what lay at its center, the presence of God. So the most important thing about our meeting places now is what lay at their center. The present spirit of God housed within the body of Christ, we, his chosen people. And just as God has dwelt in our midst here at the Soledad Club, so he promises he will dwell in our midst at this new building. I think ultimately, that's been the thing I've been reflecting on the most. It's just the fact that Wherever we are, God is. 
and his presence is here in San Diego because we're here in San Diego. His presence has been here in Soledad Club because we're here. We have been here in Soledad Club. So let's hold these buildings, Soledad Club 4747, less cool name. <laughs> let's hold them up as monuments to remind ourselves of the history that God has provided, cared for us, encouraged us. Um, and I'm going to pray. Ted, we thank you and we praise you for King's Cross and for Solway, for the way that you moved through these churches in our lives as individuals, in our lives congregationally, and in the world around us in San Diego. And I pray as we move and as we experience the joys and the difficulties of this new space, I just pray as I have been praying that we will not be subsumed by the building, but that the building will be subsumed into your work. That you will guide and direct our steps in this new space as you have here at Soledad Club, that we will continue to be a reminder to our immediate community of who you are through us, who you are to us, that will reflect your character and that we will be self-sacrificing lovers of others in the same way that you self-sacrifice and love us. Thank you guys for your words. As we are thinking about how to close our last ever service here one of the things that we were united on in doing was celebrating communion together as a church and we have the privilege to partake in communion the lord's supper together this morning communion is a sacred practice given to us by jesus it isn't just a ritual or tradition, but Jesus gave it to his followers as a reminder, a reminder of his sacrifice and a reminder of the unity we share because of him. Before we proceed, it's important um, to know that the Bible instructs that communion is a practice for those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. So if you're here today and you're still exploring the claims of Jesus and figuring out what you believe about Jesus, we are glad you are here. And what we would like for you to do is to simply observe this part of our service. As we prepare our hearts for this moment, let us remember what communion represents. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus established communion when he said, and it says, Now as they were, Jesus and his disciples eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Communion is therefore a remembrance and celebration of the sacrificial love of our Savior Jesus Christ. Through his body broken for us, symbolized by the bread or the wafers we have, and his blood poured out for us, symbolized by the Jews, we, the Jews, we remember his sacrifice, the cornerstone of our faith and the reason we gather as a church. And so in partaking in this communion today, we will all publicly declare once again our faith in Jesus Christ, who gave his life so we may have life. And as we bid farewell, to meeting here at the Soledad Club and look forward to our new home at 4747. 
let's carry this remembrance with us knowing that the same Jesus who was with us here will continue to be with us there and so this is how we're going to celebrate partaking communion we have the elements here to my left and right take a few moments just reflect on everything we've explored this morning and whenever you're ready just make your way grab the elements go back to your seats pray and then celebrate communion enjoy